As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Did you have a good Memorial Day, Marchman? Yeah, I had a wonderful Memorial Day. I cooked that a couple times, uh, took some long bike rides, went to a ball game, hung out with kids a bunch, you know, very dad Memorial Day. I am of the mind that Memorial Day should be on the Saturday instead of the Monday. We, they can still give you Monday off as a Memorial Day observe, but I think the holiday proper should be on Saturday so that the the, obligate, the obligatory cookout is on Saturday and not Monday. Do you want to why? Why not just have two cookouts? That's what we did. Well, that's the thing. You, I'm already cooking out Saturday and Sunday, right? So by Monday, I'm just, I'm a whale. I'm just utterly fucking disgusted. Ah, see, it, it rained in Philly on Sunday, so we got a little break there. Ah, all right. You know what? You all know right. what problem I'm having is, uh, my my son is, you know, he's he's a preteen and he's getting to that age where everything is lame. So. <laughs> You know, I make all this food and he's like, I don't even like shrimp. Pizza's gross. Ah, isn't that the worst? Yeah, man. I hate the fucking ad. I'm getting an attitude from the 11 year old and it just, I don't care. I'm bored. And you just, I can't say, I can't say I hate it. It drives me a little nuts, but I know that this is just, you know, the circle of life. And now all the misery I inflicted on others is, is being inflicted on me. I'm oh, getting yeah. my just I'm getting my just desserts. Oh, it's all karma. It's all karma. But yeah, like my parents like would be like, let's go outside and take a walk. And be like, no. Hey, <laughs> watch Voltron. Yeah. I would just just a total penis is like an 11 year old. And now, yes, it's all boomeranging back. It's it's a really awful. Hey, do you want to go do you want to go get some ice cream and uh, go to the video game arcade? No. You want free money? Or you could take them. You could take them to like walk on the fucking moon, right? Like you take them to walk on the moon and they do a little moonwalk and they're excited by that. And you get home like two minutes later and they're like, I'm bored. There's nothing to do. You You ruined my day, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm tired. Wasn't that great? Oh, you're so mad. Anyway, yeah, it was was Sunday and we took the kids fishing and they actually, they let you bring the fish home. So... Like I had like a bacon cheeseburger for lunch and then we brought this fish home when we were going to cook it. But then the other people we were running the house with also brought barbecue at like four o'clock. So I had like a pre-dinner before the dinner. So by Monday, I was just. Did your, uh, did your kids get freaked out by gutting the fish? Yes. Yeah. One, one of the, one of the families, one of the, uh, one of my kids' friends saw that I don't think he knew that fish would bleed quite so profusely. And I think he was, it, it upset him to see the fish getting gutted and filleted on on top of a uh, on top of a cooler with its innards just spilling out all over the driveway and stuff like that. I remember it was surprising to me as a kid, like when they would like the first time they were like, well, we're going to clean the fish. And I was like, oh, they're going to wash it. <laughs> <laughs> a rude awakening for young Drew. <laughs> it was. It was. And I was like, and, you know, now I'm standing there like, it's OK, boy, you can make a good stew with those heads. 
Uh, we need to get onto the uh, the sports section of the podcast, uh, which is uh, namely finals week. Uh, it's going to be. I what's the what's the lag between the end of the conference finals and the finals? I think it was something like six, seven days. Like they had yeah, a fucking- and then and then I I forget offhand, but it's it's if it goes seven, it's going to be either twenty one or twenty four days between. Really? <laughs> yeah, between uh, game one and game seven. It's that's ridiculous. Absurd. That's that's fucking. I mean, that's Super Bowl level style layoffs. That's that's really shitty. I, it takes the momentum away. I I was spoiled. I was watching either you know basketball or hockey every night for like two weeks. It was lovely, and now there's just this dead zone. It's terrible. But we need to get to the actual matchup itself because, as you know, it is the third straight year. I mean, I should, I should correct myself. I just checked. It'll be June 18th, so so 18 days. So that's it'll, it'll still- have been. It'll have been 24 days between the end of the conference finals and game seven. That's way too fucking long. And every game's going to start at like 10, 20. It's going to suck. I'm, I'm annoyed already. Stop fucking whining, man. You know, you can, you can say it's like Super I'm Bowl levels, bored. but it means, it means that every single game is going to be like a Tyson fight. Yes, it will. I'm very, I'm, I, I really, I'm genuinely excited for the, for the rubber match. Even though in my, you know, in the bowels of my soul, I know it seems like a four or five game series, you know? Like yeah, I don't so, did it, so, so did it last year. That is true. It's a very weird position to be in where you're, where you're writing off LeBron James just after he proved he was like a god. Hey, but, hey, Drew. Hey, do you what? remember the, the 2016 NBA Finals? Remember, remember when the Warriors were up 3-1 and then they blew a lead in unprecedented fashion? Oh, that was fantastic. It really is a nice thing to remember, isn't it? Really yeah, I mean, there's I, I I remember so much about that, like Draymond kicking guys in the dick. Yeah, and uh, LeBron's block on Iguodala. Yeah, like crushing the hopes of every Craven Warriors fan, like Kevin Draper. Yeah, a, a former dead spinner and current New York Times dipshit Kevin Draper will never live it down because the uh, the Warriors blew a three to one lead and then he disappeared from our group chat for like a week, just went into hiding like a fucking coward would yeah, not I like, answer I like, for his I like team to text him i like to text him sometimes just like remember the time the warriors blew a 3-1 lead in the nba finals and i never hear back uh who should you root for in this uh in this finals should you root for the warriors or should you root oh, for fucking the come on that's not even a question the question here is uh we you the staff was debating this a little bit yesterday i was saying i think the Cavs are gonna win uh editor emeritus tommy craggs agrees and Barry Pacheski was telling me I can't actually think that, that I can have hope, but I can't actually think that. Whereas I do actually think that. I don't have any rational reason to think that there's 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 not a a single matchup LeBron aside that I think looks, you know, particularly good uh for the Cavs. They're they're a little thinner. They're probably not as well coached. You can go on down the line. They I don't really see anywhere in particular they have any serious advantage except having the best player, but I think they're going to win, man. My gut tells me so. So you think they will win, not just that they can win? Yes. See, I, I'm, I want, I believe they can win, but I, I believe if the Warriors win the first game by twenty, I'll already have written them off to lose in a sweep. I, I don't know if it's that clear cut that you should not root for the Warriors because, you know, what if they go sixteen and zero? What if they, what if they sweep the Cavs and they won every game in the playoffs and they did literally the faux 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 thing that Moses Malone you know, declared ages ago. Fuck them. Fuck them. That's the case. That's the case against the Warriors. Fuck the Warriors. Fuck their fans. Fuck everyone who likes them. Fuck their up-tempo style of play. 
Fuck all their no, no, no way. Fuck wait, all their no. glory boy players like Kevin Durant. No, they can all no, no, go no. to hell. You're, you're going way too far with this. I know. I did. I did Warriors trolling last year, mostly because mostly out of spite. To you know, I didn't like them before. Not liking them was cool, man. Oh, oh, did you? Yeah, now? yeah. I'll listen to you. Yeah, they annoy me. I no, I think they Fuck are Draymond. They're they're extremely entertaining. Also, I have a. Uh, they're really was, entertaining when they lose, and then they they completely melt down. All right, what about Kerr though? Tell me, you do you hate Kerr? You can't hate Kerr. No, no, no. I like Kerr. I like all their players individually. I even I even like Draymond. I I, I respect his physical style. Okay, well then, how how come the sum is more hateable than the parts? I don't get it. Because they're good, man. The same reason you hate the Patriots or people hated the Bulls. It's nothing. It's not like I have any actual problem with any of their supposed glory boy players or their you know, flashy play or anything like that. But, but come on, you don't just viscerally hate them. You don't want them to fall mm, in their face again. No, I, Excellence I root disgusts for the Cavs. Me, man. I, I root for the Cavs last year. I had my natural inclination to root for the underdog, but I don't, I, and I, I think Draymond is a, a whiny little shit, but it's apart like from for that, general I motors, like they used to say about the Yankees, there's, there's no fun in general motors winning. Yeah. But the Warriors have only won one title. It's not like they're Let's that keep it that spoiled. way. I think I'm just saying they haven't actually become the Yankees yet and become. Well, let's hope they don't. I'd I like for know. them to become the Buffalo Bills. Okay, but then the Cavs have won two in a row, and you're not going to hate them for winning all the time. Sure, if they're beating the Warriors all the time, I would. Yeah, but then now, now you're rooting for, uh, you know, now you're you've become the villain. You know? Nah, I don't think so. I think if the Warriors and the Cavs played, uh, like another two straight series. And the Warriors won this one and the next two, they would still be the likable underdogs. I mean, the Warriors are just so good. Yeah, it's true. I I I would not mind uh witnessing greatness and seeing a team go undefeated through the NBA playoffs, because I don't think that would ever happen. I would not uh I would not I want it to be competitive, but I would not uh foo-foo that that result. Also, I think you and I talked about what the perfect outcome for the series would be. And I think I think we both agreed that if uh, if the Warriors went up three nothing, and then blew that, that yeah. we would we would have to uh, we would have to blow up every atom bomb on the Earth and wipe out civilization because we may as well go out on a high note. Yeah, that would have been the peak of uh, of certainly Western civilization and possibly human civilization. At the very least, we would have to shut Deadspin down, uh, if not sports entirely. Like what could be like what could possibly be better than that? Uh the Vikings winning a Super Bowl. Ah. No. no. <laughs> the Vikings being the Patriots in the Super Bowl. No, I know. I know. No one else gives a shit about that. So that is your perfect outcome for the series. Uh oh, by the way, we also didn't talk about um Durant, because Durant is the new wrinkle in this. So mm-hmm. does Durant make this team less likable or more likable? Uh, I mean, I, I think he makes them less likable just because he, he added Kevin Durant to a 73 win team, but he's so fun to watch. And, you know, um, I'm not going to say like nobody talks about his defense, but he's, he's just such a versatile defensive player. And he's, he's just so fun to watch. He's so long and long positioning. He's so long and his, his positioning is just so perfect. Um, you know, he could be, he could be a kind of rim protector guy if he couldn't shoot. He's a bland um, guy, though. He's pretty fucking bland. I think our own didn't Hazley do a fuck did Kevin Durant post where, I, and it was yeah. it was this, way back. It was way back when Durant was like 
you know, sort of a darling, like, oh, he did, you know, he just, and I, I fell prey to this too. Where He's it's a like, magical oh, he, basketball unicorn. He wears a backpack. Like, remember that? Like, remember mm-hmm. the whole backpack? Like, he's just a plain smoking guy who just wears a backpack and does his own contract negotiations. And then he goes to Warriors and it's like, eh, he's actually kind of boring and vapid. And, you know, I don't know. It's always funny how. He's a little re- prickly, though. He's, he's become a little prickly. He's, he's trying, he, you know, he's trying to make a heel turn, but he clearly doesn't have it in him. So it's kind of sweet. Uh, I want to get uh, to the, the fun bag stuff, but we should take a pause. And then there's a couple of other things we need, uh, a couple of other talk, topics we got to talk about before we get to that. So let's take a nice pause for station identification. Are you ready? I'm ready. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Mm. Fight, 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 fight. We had a good baseball fight, too, this week. We had Bryce Harper throwing his helmet at a guy. And I believe you think he missed on purpose. Yeah, yeah, he definitely missed on purpose. Because no. uh, I okay, I watched this like 15 times. Man. I watched <laughs> this like this Pruder film because it was the greatest thing I'd ever seen. And I was telling my wife, I was like, honey, you got to come here and watch this. And she's just rolling her eyes. She's like, ah, I don't care about this. I was I was just I was screaming. I was going to I was going to run with my laptop up and down the street, like knocking on people's doors. You got to see this fight. <laughs> um, so if so, Bryce Harper is clearly loaded up to throw the helmet and he's looking at Hunter Strickland right in the eyes. And then at the last minute he releases the helmet. I think he realized that um, that would be kind of crossing a line because, you know, a helmet's pretty heavy. You could, you could fuck somebody up with a helmet, A, and B, that it would look ridiculous. Um, you know, you charge out to the mound and you slug a guy in the face. Um, you know, there's a certain bravado in that. But you go and you throw a stupid batting helmet at him and you look ridiculous. I love baseball fights. They're basically my favorite thing. And I was so happy that Jeff Samarja came racing out of nowhere and actually, unfortunately, concussed his own teammate by slamming into him because uh, a couple of years ago when he was with the White Sox, he uh, was the hero of a brawl against the Kansas City Royals after uh, there was a a hit batsman, you know, benches cleared, full-on brawl, coaches in the, you know, bottom of the pile, people stepping on the coach's hands. And Samarja was just out there like, uh, you know, like a full on in full on UFC mode, just just slamming people and, uh, you know, attacking. He used to play wide receiver. And Notre, Notre Dame. Dame. Yeah. He was a golden so, domer. Yeah. Well, he, he actually um, I think he wasn't he projected as a first round pick. And then he just decided that, uh, you know, baseball was more guaranteed money and he liked it more. Uh, I think he was I think he was a good prospect. I don't I don't remember if he was first round or not, but he was a very notable College I mean, he's a, and I, he's a big guy. And when you see him in these fights, he hits hard. It's fantastic. I wish baseball, I wish baseball would adopt uh, the hockey mentality where they just basically, you know, had regular fights. I, uh, there's a couple of things. One, I don't, I actually don't think throwing a, a batting helmet at someone is anywhere near as dangerous as throwing a baseball at somebody. 
So I don't think, you know, to me that, you know, if he swung a bat at the guy, it's like, I'm not saying it's like unethical. I'm just saying it would look ridiculous. Oh, I, yeah, I can see, I can see the sort of macho. I can see the hesitancy of, oh my God, if I, if I throw this at the guy, then I'm, I'm going to get suspended for nine years or whatever. But, um, you know, the, the other thing is with these fights, I don't, I don't know. I Harper got four games and Strickland got six. And I thought that was light for Strickland. Like what would be, you don't think it should be, you don't think these fights should be punished at all, or should you only punish the no, people who I need mean, the you dugout? Sus- no, you got, I mean, you got to suspend people. I, th- I think you, um, I, I really hate the NBA rule. Because they're so afraid of fights that, like, if you get off the bench, it's as bad as, you know, pulling a Kermit Washington on someone as far as the NBA is concerned. Um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think they got it about right. You, uh, you know, you suspend the guy, you hit the guy, you have to suspend the guy who rushes the mound. But past that, it's people pulling their teammates apart and generally trying to stop things. So I don't think you should be suspending those guys unless they're out there, like, stomping a mud hole on someone. Did you see, by the way, Strickland being dragged away because he was like trying to choke his own pitching coach, Dave Rigetti. He had him by the collar and there were like five guys trying to drag him away. And he was, he was, he was completely out of control. It wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't a kind of hold me back. I'll kill him thing. I mean, they were dragging him. They had Hunter Pence and, and some of these other guys, I think Jason Worth. They were, they were literally dragging him into the dugout and, and he almost broke away a few times. He was, I he do. was completely, he was completely out of control. And that was, that was the funniest baseball fight thing um, I've seen, and I can't remember how long. Yeah, I, that's the thing. That's the one thing I do like about the bench clearings. Otherwise, I, I think guys should stay in the dugout because they're always posing. But the one thing you always learn from those is which guys are really willing to go all the way. Like, which guys, when they see the bench is clear, they're like, oh, it is on! And, then they, and they go running out just ready to just deck anybody they see. And they're not, they're not just chest puffing. They're really stealing for a fight. Like, I like it when you... When you see who the who the real biker gang guys are and who aren't, <laughs> I also I'm a terrible parent. If there is a hockey fight or a baseball fight, I call the kids to the TV. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I go look. They're fighting. Yeah, they're fighting. You know, one of my one of my favorite uh, a couple a couple of my favorite baseball fight moments. I'll I'll retail them for anyone who remember, may remember the late Jordano Ventura um, had had a few things where there were there were a couple of distinct incidents where he hit people and then. Um, his entire team, which probably didn't want to, had to protect him because he was like five six, one hundred and twenty pounds, and threw, you know, a hundred miles an hour, and and was a headhunter, and um, so he would just plunk them, and you would see this weary exasperation, uh, coming over their faces, and they're like, God, he really deserves to have his ass kicked, but we can't let it happen. Um, we got to interpose ourselves between him and the angry team, and. Uh, another another classic moment in baseball fights. I don't know if uh, I don't know if you remember this, but in 1998 there was there was a wonderful. I think it was Yankees Orioles fight. Yeah, it was Yankees Orioles. Armando Benitez uh, hit Tino Martinez in the back. This was oh, much talked I about. Remember. I at remember at the time Benitez. as the, the the team that you know the fight that brought the greatest team in baseball history together. Graham Lloyd came running out of nowhere and sucker punched someone. And you know who was standing off apart from the action, not risking any injuries? Uh, I believe that one, Derek Jeter. Yeah, and his pal Alex <laughs> Rodriguez. They were yeah. standing at the lip of the grass, like close enough to the fight that they weren't ostentatiously staying away from it, but clearly not wanting to get any shiners or unsightly injuries or do anything that would devalue their brands. Yeah, no, I could see, I could, I could see uh, Jeter respectfully declining to participate in the melee. 
Oh, Benitez no. was a real heel. <laughs> there's I no R, there's no re respect in in uh, that. Uh, yeah, I remember. I remember Benitez was. A, that's a good guy to remember. I mean, there's a lot of <laughs> guys I remember in that brawl, and I remember Benitez being a heel for a long time after that. Oh, he's so dirty. And I really, I have a genuine animus, particularly towards Roger Clemens or just basic headhunters. You know, or you. Yeah, <laughs> they, you know, I I actually. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of people get really sanctimonious about this. Like every time someone gets hit with a pitch, uh, like a purpose pitch, you see on Twitter, like baseball Twitter is like, "Oh my God!" You know, you're you're, you're wielding a weapon. You could kill somebody. And a lethal projectile. I mean, that's true, and I'm not even going to say people are wrong to say that. But come on, it's fucking baseball. Um, you know, as long as a guy is keeping it below the neck, I don't I don't really care. <laughs> like, I, uh, I don't. I th- I think more people should be hitting guys. Ow! It hurts so badly. You know, so. you need some goddamn fear in baseball. You, you watch, you watch baseball on TV, and especially if you're, you know, if you're not a baseball person, you're like, eh, it's all these fat guys, you know, just kind of shuffling and jogging. You, you know, when you when you play baseball, though, as as you'll remember, if you think back to when you were a kid, there's like primal fear involved because, um, you know, the difference between a pitch that's a good, clean, purpose pitch that that people can you know debate on or not, and and something that could kill somebody is you know, six inches. So that's true. Yeah. It's this, hard. There's intense, this hard to read fear that's involved in baseball. Batting is the mastery of that fear. And we take it for granted. And the purpose pitch reminds us of that palpable visceral terror that, that baseball is supposed to elicit in the player and the, and the, and the fearsome natural forces that the pitcher is wielding uh, as he stands out on the mound. It's a reminder that baseball is war. I have a, I, I had a question from a reader. Reader Nelson uh, had a question about the Machado uh, scuffle that was uh, that happened. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. And yeah. he was he was basically saying, look, a pitcher can throw 98 miles an hour at Machado's ribs, but Machado can't and shouldn't use his weapon, his bat as a weapon back. So his question was, what can a batter do to level the playing field if he can't charge the mound with a bat in his hand? Like, what is sufficient payback for getting, you know, plunked with a lethal projectile, like in the fucking kidney. It's a team sport. A the p the payback is uh, the other team is going to get a hit, a batter hit, who's the equivalent of you. So you know that you know there is payback coming, even if it's not directly to the pitcher. Um, but it is coming. A, and then it's uh, you know you go out there and you scrap. I th- I think the the thing about the Harper Strickland fight those that was, that, was that, that made it a really classic fight. You know, so many a so many times guys don't actually land any punches. And these two both landed punches, but B, they were both really inept and they're standing out there being all macho. And Strickland's definitely one of those guys, uh, you know, who's got like a pickup with, you know, like multiple deers hanging off at it at oh, any time. Yeah. And yeah, Harper's, he wants to make America great again. Sure. And, you know, Harper's the guy from the Perp Plus ad with his flowy hair flowing around in the breeze. And they're all out there, you know, and they're, and they're in their boxing poses and they're ready to swing. And then neither of them knows how to throw a punch and they just kind of, throw their fists at the other guy's face, like slam it into the face instead of actually hitting, um, which made the whole thing all the more ludicrous and, and wonderful. I, I think all baseball players should be in fights all the time, and none of them should have ever hit anyone before, which apparently neither of these two had. I do like reminders of how inelegant fighting is, like how just, you know, you're not going to connect on a perfect punch usually. If you're lucky, you you know, you get a guy in the face, but... Usually it's people flailing about and looking very stupid and awkward. And that's always fun to remember that's, because. People yeah, that's one of, of the great things about baseball fights, because, um, 
you know, it's kind of like I was I was talking about, like, you know, you can really take for granted the the mastery of fear that a that a major league hitter has. You know, especially if you watch fights, um, you know, you see even the worst amateur level MMA guy or like, you know, shitty 17 year old boxer, like really knows how to fight. Um, and so you take it for granted that there's a certain amount of precision and like technique to it. And it, it can be really easy to forget just how stupid looking and ridiculous fights are. And so when you see these, these massive, you know, massive professional athletes with the bodies of gods going at it like Bryce Harper. And he looks like a guy, like a world star video. <laughs> no idea what he's doing. Fighting is the dumbest shit in the world. I love it. Yeah, I agree. I, you have sold me on keeping everything exactly as is. Once again, uh, you have gotten me out of talking hypotheticals. Because my, my first hypothetical would, would have been that the batter's dugout can clear, but the pitchers can't. <laughs> so, that, so that if you plunk a guy, like 30 guys can beat your ass, but none of your guys can come to your rescue. You know, I think I, I, don't, keep, I, don't, know, I don't keep track. This is like the one thing that nobody keeps track of uh, is how many fights there are in in a baseball season. But my my intuitive sense is they have the balance right. Like every season, there's a few uh, bench clearing brawls. Occasionally, you get an actually sort of ugly, even if comic one, like like this one. But um, you know the the balance of suspensions and rules seems to allow for a few fights, but not too many. Like if there really were fights you know, happening a few times a week, they'd have to do something about it because it would be unpleasant and, you know, someone would get hurt. But well, as, is, as is the, the balance is right there. The real problem is that it takes too long. You don't want any delay or anything. Yeah, you know, that's that's one thing also is, is you know, the fight itself is exciting and, and all the, you know, people running from the bullpen and the shoving and everything, but then they mill about for like 20 minutes afterwards. Yeah, it's uh, awful. <laughs> you know, the umpires, the umpires telling them to go back. Yeah. Speed it up, guys. Games are long enough. Okay, I have a very random topic before we get into the fun bag uh, because I wanted to, uh, this week, I wanted to rank beans because we have not ranked beans yet. Now, what I want to do is, I'm not talking about preparation, all right? So you don't just say like baked beans. I'm talking about the exact bean. So like black, white, kidney, lima. You see where I'm going with this? Not really. I wanted to rank beans okay. in, in order of tasty deliciousness. Okay, okay. So yeah, then now I get you. So then I need to know what your top, and, and don't say like Mr. Bean or anything. Take it seriously. Like what would be your top tasting bean if you had to have a bean dish? Like the bean itself? The or, bean or, itself. The bean itself. Not, don't say baked beans. You have to so, say. So like, I can't say like I prefer chickpeas because I like hummus. No, no. You could say, no, no, no. You could put garbanzo number one. That's not a problem. Okay, well, they're easily number one. They're easily easily number one over black easily. or white? Yeah, man, because think of all the tasty things you can make with them. Yes, I like hummus. I mean, what else can you make besides hummus? You make a chickpea salad, right? You make a chickpea Kinda. salad. You know, uh, they take garlic really well. Like, if you have chickpeas and broccoli, like, sautéed in garlic, that's fantastic. Ooh. Oh, that does actually sound pretty good. Garba I always like garbanzo bean salad because it's always, like, the weightlifter. Uh, it's like the it's like the weightlifter lunch, you know. Like I remember there was a dude I, I worked with in an office, and he would lift it like for like two hours every morning, like get up at five to lift before <laughs> before coming into work. And he would always have a plastic tray that was filled with like 
a quart of gar- of garbanzo <laughs> beans and just chowing down on it at his desk. And I was like, wow, he must really fucking like garbanzo beans. I, uh, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, though, yeah, I think I think it might be black beans because you can have, you know, you can have a black bean soup like with like with ham. Oh, that's really good. Right. Tacos. Just stir- and there there are bean, you know, I'll have chickpeas with rice sometimes, but it's, uh, you know, it's OK. It's like, eh, we have some chickpeas. I don't I don't want to put too much work in a dinner. Um, but, you know, you, you can really do stuff with just black beans and rice. Yeah, um, I, I was going to put black or white number one. And I think I think black is a little bit more versatile. So I would have put black number one. Yeah. So I'll say black beans, uh, chickpeas. So then garbanzo. And then would you put white after that? Because I'd love a good. Well, what kind, of, what kind of white beans are we talking about? Like great white- northern. Uh, the white beans and you know, like uh, cassoulet or you know, or yeah, they're pretty damn good, man. You know, yeah, like a leek and like a leek and bean cassoulet with biscuits. Um, ooh, in the ooh, oven. A, yeah, that, uh, really I like good. I like all that. Or a white bean dip. Uh, what yeah. about what about kidney beans or uh, kidney beans are kind of mealy. Uh, the yeah. little the little red beans are better. Just plain old red beans. You would put yeah. red. Uh, I'm gonna put red fourth. We got okay. We still have like lima, fava. Fava goes sure. high because um, you ever make full madamas? I have no fucking idea what that is. Oh, What's you got ma- you got to make this. It's like a warm bean dip that you make with uh, fava, and uh, I think I think it's like an Egyptian thing. Um, I've had it a few times. It's fantastic. It's really easy to make too. So would you put fava at three? I'm 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 no, typing the rankings. Below, probably put them below. Because Hello. I don't really know that much else you can make with them. All right. Although, then, if anybody knows, hit me up because right, so Fava goes cool is fantastic. Now I'm gonna do red. Then I'm gonna do kidney. Uh, is uh, what about our peas beans? Yeah, I think technically, but you know. But fuck it. Okay, well, yeah. I'm not gonna put peas on here. What about um, what about uh, black eyed peas? Are those a bean? Yeah, I don't, I don't really like black eyed peas. I don't have anything uh, against them, but I don't know that I'm. You know, like right now we're talking about this. I haven't had lunch yet. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like, man, I could go for some navy bean soup. Might go get some. Um, I don't know that I've, I don't know that I ever really crave. No, well, like, it, like, are any of the remaining, are any of the remaining beans worth ranking? Even I mean, lima beans are terrible. Well, lima beans. Are, I mean, the whole point of this was to put lima beans dead last after our standard hit by a car. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're, uh, penultimate, they're pretty terrible. Uh, penultimate thing in the rank. Okay. If you hear me typing, I apologize, but I, I have to get these down for posterity so that we have everything done. So we're all right. Right now I have I have black number one, garbanzo, white, fava, red, kidney, black eyed, hit by a car, and then lima. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Maybe we're forgetting something. Do I do I need to put green beans on here, like string beans? I don't think those really count. That's its no, own. No, those don't count. Which and which, by the way, I'm not like people are really into. Are get, some people get really excited about green beans. I find them to be dull as shit. All they do is make you fart. I'm really not like I, I like, like the green, green beans, beans, man. I like it. At, I like it at Thanksgiving, like soaked it with, you know, the cream you of just, mushroom. You just roast them with garlic, man. They're delicious. Eh. You know why I once uh, someone get the like French fried, kind, much more flavorful. Someone fried them up with a uh, in a wok with like some ground pork and soy sauce and stuff like that. I liked there that. you go, like a uh, like a stir fry. But I'm not gonna put that in there. All right, I have, all right. I have my my bean rankings. That's going to uh, that's going to be the thing that heads up the uh, the post so that everyone yells at us in the comments because I think that's a really we we do really good when we rank stupid things and then people get really pissed about it. 
So let's take a pause and then we're going to open up the fun bag. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready, man. I'll be even more ready after this refreshing pause. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, I'm Melissa Kirsch, Editor-in-Chief of Lifehacker. And I'm Alice Bradley, Lifehacker's Deputy Editor. And we're the hosts of Lifehacker's podcast, The Upgrade. On The Upgrade, we help you improve your life one week at a time. We talk to guests like former hacker Hector Monsegur about online security. You need to be aware of how you can be attacked. You need to be aware of what's your weakness. And Alan Alda on how to communicate more effectively. And in order to achieve that, we start with teaching exercises derived from improvisation. And sex therapist Steven Snyder about how to have great sex in a long-term relationship. What really works under those circumstances is if you enjoy the other person selfishly. Hey, your life, it's terrible. We can help. <laughs> Find The Upgrade wherever you get your podcasts. It's fun back time, but do you have a White Sox minute before we get into it? I do have a White Sox minute. Last night, the White Sox scored seven runs in the return of former ace pitcher Chris Sale to the mound uh, on the south side. You would have thought that would be enough to win, especially with their own ace, Jose Quintana, on the mound. But no, the White Sox gave up 13 runs and lost. Did Sale give up 13 runs or did the people after him give up 13 runs? No. So let me let me check the box score. Oh, Chris come on. Sale. Well, I'm now it's going to be more than... Well, now we're going to make it a White Sox minute, right? Well, yeah, now it's going to be a full minute. That's for sure. Yeah, hold on. I got to gotta pull it up here. I, I think he people, gave up six, but I'm I'm not entirely sure. So that's sure. pretty that's pretty limp. He has no right to cut up jerseys if he's giving up six earned runs in a start. I don't think. Man, I don't, this, yeah, he gave up, he gave up six runs, five earned in in five innings. You know the the thing is, he actually struck out uh, the first the first five outs uh, he got were by strikeout, and it looked like he was just going to set records. I had predicted he would strike out seventeen going into the game, but he he got rattled. Um, he didn't cut up jerseys and he didn't cut up the White Sox. I think if you if you get shelled, I think you get uh, a week in jail where you're not allowed to brood. So you're not like the next start. You're not allowed to be the pitcher that sits alone and no one can talk to you because you're just so dialed in. Like you have to. You have no, to mingle. no, 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 no. He, you he, have to mingle he's, defi- he's definitely going to brood. He's definitely gonna, he's a, he's the kind no. of guy I could see like like choking somebody uh, if they if they fucked with him on a start day. Kind of like he's got a little Steve Carlton or Roger Clemens in him. Love no, that. No, he guy. should be he should be punished with small talk 
for one start after that. Like people should like go up to him and like try to play like Yahtzee with him in the dugout and stuff. Hey, hey, you seen you seen you you seen the new Game of Thrones trailer? Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. That's a that that is a proper punishment for when the tough guy brooding pitcher gets shelled out of his brain. Well, it's funny because he's a tough guy, but he weighs like 130 pounds. <laughs> the little it's the little guys you have to look out for. They're the ones who always think they're the toughest because they got a you know. They got well, he's not little. He's he's not little. He's well over six feet tall. Well, 130 pounds is no. He's not 130 he, pounds. He's he's, right, he's a okay. he's a very frail looking man though. He's listed at six six, 172 pounds. Lean man. John writes in. He says, "So I was watching Return of the Jedi while my significant other mowed down the rainforest, and I think the best actor in Return of the Jedi is the Emperor. Who oh, gives yeah, the easily? Who? Wait, you're not. I'm not done." Who gives, in your opinion, the best Star Wars performance? The best Star Wars performance of all, uh, we're going across all the movies. Uh, I do love Ian McDiarmid, by the way. He is utterly yeah, well, fantastic. You know, honestly, this is lame, but it's probably, it's probably Harrison Ford because it's really, you know, it's, it's really easy to, uh, to take that kind of performance of what's a pretty stock character for granted like all the all the depth he invests in it all the nuance um but i would say the emperor because he's way more fun han solo is kind of a dip after the first movie well people i think i think bernico bitched about him in jedi but i i still liked him as sort of skeptical comic foil and sort of you know he's sort of proxy for earth you know in the movie he's like this is all horseshit you know which i mm-hmm. liked but actually i think you know, I tend to think that the voice actors give have given better performances over the course of the series than the actual actors have, like Frank Oz and James Earl Jones. Yeah, it Dude, might be James Earl Jones. Like Jones is he so... really sells Darth Vader, who is a pretty <laughs> ridiculous looking character, uh, especially in the first Star Wars. When yes, <laughs> I mean that thing. Uh, you know, we watched Star Wars a while ago, and it was just shocking. Um, you know, when you're watching in HD how cheap his costume is yeah yeah and the the first one that the costume's a little you can see the plastic you know which one yeah, of it's these not really buttons? very menacing i think uh i think it's james earl jones who makes him so terrifying i was also i was very impressed with adam driver in force awakens because he could have easily been ridiculous and just sort of like i don't know like you know the way the way hayden christensen was just sort of bratty and annoying in the prequels, he yeah could have yeah. Been that. Whereas whereas Adam Driver, it came off. Uh, he didn't come off laughably brooding and ridiculous. He came no, off and brooding and ridiculous so. in the way they wanted him to come off because he was yeah. brooding and ridiculous. Yeah, but, but thought, not in a way that made you laugh at him. I thought he was good. I thought Boyega was really good too. But I I wish I had a better. I I I I do think the Emperor like that's the one I always remember the best. You know, and even in the even in the prequels, he's still the Emperor, which I thought was kind of amazing. Like that he was able just after like a 20 year layoff to pick up and still be the emperor. Yes. Jeff writes in, he says, is the smelly stuff and muscle cream necessary or is it a marketing thing? I'm talking about that Ben Gay smell. I like to use it for my back, but I can't go to work smelling like that. You believe? Yeah. Isn't isn't the smelly stuff like menthol? It is menthol. It's so that's what what, that's what I like. That's the active ingredient. It is the active ingredient. And, you know, I. I like to put it on because I lo- I almost like the sort of idea that just take a I'm fucking so- shower, man. I'm such a sore athlete that I have to rub icy hot and smell and smell like like menthol cigarettes for 
for nine hours. It really does get everywhere, by the way. Like the smell is unavoidable. Like speaking of pitchers, you know what they use? Like uh like Sandy Koufax notoriously, he had like, you know, ghost peppers ground down and then rubbed into his skin. I mean, they use wait, what? Yeah, man. Well, not literally ghost peppers, but his you know, he had like an arthritic uh elbow or it would swell up to the size of a cantaloupe after his starts. So he would I can't pronounce it. What's the the hot stuff in uh, you know, hot sauce? Habanero? No. Jalapeno? Capsis. Capsis. Cayenne? No, the the chemical that makes it hot. Oh, 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 I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Capsicum? No, no, I I have no earthly idea. Yeah, well, anyway, he would would have, like, basically the pure stuff rubbed into his arm. How could that that have any I don't know. Maybe that wasn't helping him. Maybe that's why you retired when he was 31. That seems like it would be an immense irritant and that it would not heal anything like i get One like think i get heat but i don't get active active inflammation actively inflaming the area as good for inflammation that doesn't seem like a, a good idea i i believe it was, um, I, I just looked it up it was called atomic balm it was a, a jesus christ capsicum or capsicin whatever based capsule ointment. <laughs> that doesn't that's like uh that's like revenge of the nerds where they where they put liquid heat on the jocks on the jocks dress <laughs> Looks yeah, like except, salad. <laughs> yeah, well, that's why Sandy Koufax is is the greatest, even if Clayton Kershaw is actually probably better. Uh, to answer Jeff's thing, I believe that uh, I I believe that there is more of a psychosomatic effect of Bengay and icy hot than there is real healing effect. I don't know, man. Do to better. me, it just smells like old people. Yeah, I think you can do better with just ice or heat, and it's not the smell's not going to get everywhere. Yeah, if you got some muscle, if you got some muscle problem, you should just take, you know, you should just take a hot shower or you can go to like the turkish or the russian spa go in the sauna and then jump in the ice cold water that'll take care of anything i like how you assume there's just a turkish spa just anywhere (laughs) you know if you live in a big you know if you live in a big city there there, there's there's usually one or oh yeah i like that you should be the uh you should be the turkish spa finder you could have an app for that find the naked swarthy man near you Jeff, uh, no, I'm sorry. This is Ryan. Ryan writes in, if you had to live with only one task of basic body hygiene, live with the consequences for the rest of your life. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You had to live without one task of basic body hygiene and had to live with the consequences of it for the rest of your life. Which one would it be? So you have to, you're going to, you have to omit one from this list. Okay. First one's cutting your hair. Second one is showering. Third one's brushing your teeth. Fourth one is wiping. And the fifth one's cutting your nails. So cutting your hair, showering. That's not even a question, man. You're the haircut. It's got to be the haircut, right? Yeah. I mean, because you'll look, you know, you'll look stupid um, if you never cut your hair, probably. But uh, but it won't interfere with your life, really. Yeah, and you could wear a hat. I think I think it would be a haircut. What if, okay, what if the haircut wasn't an option? So what if it's showering, <laughs> brushing your teeth, wiping or cutting your nails what if you only have those four to pick from boy right? that's rough that's I think hard it's got it's got to be between wiping and cutting your nails because because you can shower so really wiping is only going to be an issue when you're away from your house i think um, i would i think i would do away with brushing and i would floss and use like atomic mouthwash I don't know that. I mean, it's a really bad idea, but I think that's about as good as I'd be able to do. Yeah, I mean, you could just go in for really frequent cleanings. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, maybe you can't see it. Maybe part of not brushing your teeth means you can't go to get the, uh, you can't go to the hygienist either. <laughs> oh God, that'd be horrible. Yeah. And, and, and with not cutting your nails, like, uh, could you chew them? Could you, could you just break them off? If you have long Howard Hughes style fingernails Ugh. and you just kind of like break them off by hitting a table. Uh, I, I, I think for this exercise, no, you wouldn't be allowed shortcuts around it. So maybe it would be, maybe be all, maybe all nail care and all oral care. Would yeah. Be this, I mean, this is a, this is a really hard one. I, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to go with wiping because the showering means you can at least clean your ass. Oh, you know what? That's a good point. You could, but then you really, you're really in big trouble if you're caught out of, uh, out of pocket. You know, yeah. if, you, if you got shit in an airport, you, that's game over, man. You know, it's one thing to have that at home where you just jump into the shower to, to you clean know, some your airports, ass out. Some airports have, uh, you know, some, some airports have showers for travelers. Well, you, they'll have it like in the lounge. reconfiguring your life. They'll, they would have it like in the Delta Lounge or something like that, but you have to be, uh, you have to be a fancy pants for that. Uh, Ian writes in, he says, due to unfortunate circumstances, you have 30 days to get from New York to Paris with no help from anyone. You have everything at your disposal, including vehicles. Earth will explode if you fail. What is your plan? So 30 days to get from New York to Paris, but no help from anyone. So if you're in a vehicle, only you can pilot it. Hmm. I don't know. What's your plan? Well, you would have to drive. I think you would have to drive to the closest point between America and Europe and then, and then get a really big boat and, and do the boat, right? I think I would die out on the Atlantic. Wait, does right? help does help involve does help include uh like like can I just get go on a cruise? No, I don't think so. I let's assume there's no help from anyone. Let's say a you, cruise is apparently six days long. Yeah, well let's say let's say you have access to a big boat, but you have to steer it and you have to pilot it. So you you have to and you have to navigate too. Which I mean, you know. I'm sure okay, no help systems. from anyone. Look, if a cruise liner can go across the Atlantic in a week, you could probably get a speedboat or whatever in, in about the same amount of time, right? Like you can get some kind of boat across the Atlantic in, we'll say, a week. So you couldn't do a speedboat though; it wouldn't have enough fuel. Well, uh, yeah, I'm saying, well, so we'll get a bigger boat. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go to I'm going to go to the library and read a lot of books about uh, sailing boat piloting and uh, navigation and uh, buy some sort of, you know, I'm going to have a boat with like a, you know, one of those computer navigator things. Yeah, you, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I think it'll, I don't think it'll be that big a deal assuming I, I have the, the money to buy a boat because I'll have like two or three weeks to, uh, you know, to learn how to use it. What if, what if you don't have any money at your disposal? So you can't buy the big boat and you can't pilot it. So well, you I still can, have, I still have two, I still have say two weeks to learn how to, uh, and then okay. I get, then you have to I steal get, it. You have yeah. To steal then it I then. steal the boat. So you steal the boat and then get, I don't think, I think I would fail because don't forget once you, you know, Paris is not on the coast. Once you, uh, once you make landfall, you still have to get to Paris. So if you land at Normandy or something, you still have to storm the beach. And then get to Paris. I think I would fuck up somewhere along the way. I'm not I think calm. you get a. I think you get a yacht with an autopilot. Let it get you to Normandy, and then you like steal a bicycle. 
<laughs> you would steal a bike. I could see you stealing a bike instead of a car. Well, the bike is just so efficient. Uh, SE writes in, are credit cards going to need more numbers on them in our lifetime? Credit cards going no, to need more? No, no way. I mean, because uh, the, the way you do that is you, you multiply nine times it's not you know it's nine to the 16th power i mean no yeah i i think credit card numbers are not as bad as i think social security numbers are much more much more likely to be exhausted in our lifetime and i'm surprised they haven't been exhausted already because it's uh nine digits right so mm -hmm. nine to the ninth power which i'm not gonna get a calculator but seems that seems much more likely uh josh writes in i have a coworker that cannot control his flatulence I'm not exaggerating when I say he lets these silent but deadlies rip. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Multiple times every day. And I know when because I can see a disgust on my coworkers' faces. Luckily, I sit far enough away where only a few can reach me. But on top of this, his diet consists of pork rinds, canned Vienna sausages. <laughs> he, he literally eats them straight out of the can. Chili and protein shakes. We're dying over here. <laughs> Isn't that awful? We're dying over here and need some help. What do you suggest? That's really awful, by the way. Man, I don't, I don't know. I, I think. Gee, I, I, what would you do, Drew? Uh, you know, I have, I really don't. I would almost talk to H. I would, I would be a coward and talk to HR and make HR talk to him about protein shakes. We gotta, we gotta take a pause, and then we'll come back with some more fun bag, and uh, and and we'll go get some Vienna sausages. back drew uh are you lusting for vienna sausages after that pause uh you know i've always been i i don't think i've ever eaten the canned sausages no, I, I, you know we may have eaten them when, i think they're they're when you get like pigs in a blanket those may be vienna sausages oh okay well that's not so bad i mean look i'll eat basically any you know lips and asshole sausage so there's really there's really i have no right to be snobby about sausages in a can and yet here i am not having yeah, tried having, I think having those, thought about those, it over the pause, I think I think HR might actually be the move. Yeah, I think you have to go to HR. Protein shakes, ugh, ugh. like pro like protein shakes and protein powers and like we fuel will make your your farts and your shit smell just just awful. Just weightlifter shits are just it's the most it's the most disgusting, disgusting shit. Um, you know, especially it because it is. Yeah, if you've if you've ever gone to a gym where where there's like serious weightlifter bros, it's just fucking rank yeah yeah I, i'm not i think it's i think it's inconsiderate to use protein powers for powders frankly especially if especially if you're like this guy who's doing it with pork rinds and chili it defeats the purpose to have fucking a fucking protein shake with your with your canned vienna sausages uh brandon writes in he says avatar takes place in the year 2154 and yet when they land in avatar land whatever the fuck they called it the guy <laughs> Some guy in the ship says, we're not in Kansas anymore. 
And not only is that line played out, but are we to believe that we will be referencing movies that are over 200 years Holy old? Holy shit. Man, you, think- you know, I was just reading uh, over Memorial Day weekend, I read Ringworld, which is a, a novel by Larry Niven. Uh, it's, a, it's a classic science fiction novel. It was, it was extremely problematic in various ways. But one thing that annoyed me was it was set a thousand years into the future and they were, so okay. they were referring to stuff like uh, Einstein and the Beatles and all these 20th century cultural reference. Nah, and that's stupid. To kind, of, to kind of mix it up, you would mix in some like fictional pop culture reference. So, so he was like, you know, her voice is as beautiful as Elizabeth Taylor or, uh, you know, I don't know, whoever, uh, Audrey Hepburn or uh, Laura, Laura Lee Holtz, the, you know, the well-known, uh, well-known Cleaver singer from the fourth system. Um, <laughs> yeah, that I, sounds I, bad. this is, this has always been a huge fucking pet peeve of mine that you'll have, you know, you'll have some science fiction novel set 21,000 years in the future at the edge of the galactic rim. (laughs) You know, they're still talking about Einstein and Shakespeare. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a bad, bad practice to get into. And also just in general, if you're making a movie or you're making, writing a book or something like that, you know, pop culture references, you never know how long they're gonna, you never know what kind of shelf life they're gonna have. Like, like, you know, try listening to like, without me by Eminem right now in 2017 you know like they don't they wear out quick you gotta be real careful with that shit also right. has there has there ever been a use of uh we're not in kansas anymore that has not been stupid like i'm like i'm thinking of that you, you know the phrase narm narm what's narm so there was this episode of like six feet under where the the this guy was having a stroke and he was trying to say numb arm and because he was having a stroke, he was like, Norm, Norm. And he fell on the floor and started flopping around. It was supposed to be super serious, but it was ridiculous. Um, and if you go to TV Tropes, which is the most time-sucking site on the internet, they have a whole list of, uh, you know, episodes of Norm in various, you know, movies and TV shows and comic books and and, and novels and the like. And I think one of the gnarmiest things I've ever heard is in the Matrix when uh, when when Cipher, I think he uh, he straps Neo into the chair because he's about to force feed him drugs, and he's like, "You better buckle up, Dorothy, because Kansas is going bye bye." Oh yeah, that was in the trailer too. That line. Yeah, it's supposed that. to be like so badass. <laughs> it's so corny and stupid. It's <laughs> it's the equivalent of a guy flopping around saying "narm narm," and in Avatar which I don't know why it comes so, up so much on this podcast, given that we both hate it. Um, yeah, when he's like, you know, he, he drops the, the Kansas riff that no one there would understand because it's from, you know, 200 years in their past. Um, and they probably can't even watch it anymore because they're all watching on, you know, movies on holographic lasers that are inside their heads. Right, there are no movies anymore. Yeah, so he drops that and you're just like, fucking come on. <laughs> On that note, we, uh, we're going to leave Kansas as well and uh, end the podcast. Marshall, do you have anything to say to anybody before we go, or should I roll credits? Roll credits, and uh, you know, as I'm sure you will, I'd just like to remind everybody to, uh, to hit us at uh, our email address, which Drew will give to you, or if you have anything more generally you'd like to send us, send it to tips at deadspin.com. We rely on tips from our readers to make sense of the world and know what's going on, and We've broken some of our biggest stories that way. So if there's something you think people should know about, let us know. 
Uh, the show is produced by our executive director of audio, Mandana Mofidi. We featured music by Corbin Hayes. The episode was mixed by Jamie Colazzo. If you got a question you want to send us, send a voice note or email to deadcastdeadspin.com or tweet Deadspin at us using the hashtag deadcast. I'm not rushing through this at all. You can also find us uh, on Apple Podcasts, Panoply, NPR One, or anywhere else in the universe. Uh, and then you can complain if you can't find it. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>